Hello everyone, welcome to the Gab and Drew show. No Gab today. He's wow. not here. No, Good. he's on holiday. So Good. look who I've got instead. Good. Don Hutchinson is with me. Thank you so much, Don, for being here. We've got a big, big show because we've got two more leagues starting this weekend. The last two of the, the big five ones in Spain and in Italy. We've got the Super Cup in Europe where Real Madrid won another trophy. We've got plenty of transfer news, plenty of controversy, loads of things to talk about. But let, let's let's start in Spain, shall we? Yeah. It's obviously La Liga season starting on Friday now. We've got all the games on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. I think this is a season we, we should be excited with because, yeah, of course, it should be Real Madrid or Barcelona. But at least there should be more of a... Jewel yes. than we saw last season. Well, we hope so, Jules. I mean, Barca are the sort of big story, aren't they? Because we're sitting watching all the new signings get through the door, yeah. if they can play. <laughs> and then we're watching them thinking, on paper, they could be incredible. And Real Madrid are just this winning machine that yeah. when you stick them out there, they're just formidable. They're frightening. They've got an ego about them now. When everyone plays against them, they think they've got a chance of beating them, but no one can. Uh, Atletico Madrid, we don't know what we're going to get as well. They're yeah. always an interesting story with Simeone, but the league looks very, very exciting. If we start with Real Madrid, the champions, the European champions as well, you're right, there's this ultra confidence in their own ability that like, whatever happens in the game, at the end we will win. Yes. Surely when you start a season like this, with all the momentum that they've had, you know, they've won 17 of the last 19 finals, yeah. which is crazy. You go into that, even with only Rudiger and Chouamini as new players, yeah. which is still great, but you know, it's not like an overhaul of your squad. You have to feel confident that no one can beat you. Exactly. And I think the, the smart thing is, like you said about Schumani and, and, and Kamavinga coming, you know, year or two when, when they're going to be in the mm. first team, you can see a sort of clear pathway because Tony Crows and Modric can't go on forever. Yeah. So you can see the pathway for the younger players. So you can see what Real Madrid are building. But at the same time, when you get them out on the pitch, it's almost like they've got this fear factor, mm. which I don't think they had probably three or four years ago. Everyone thought they were going to fall off a cliff yeah. and Benzema was going to drop and Modric and Crows and Casemiro and people are going, ah, they're all finished. And all of a sudden now they've got that fear factor back because of the run, I think, in the Champions League and winning it. It many I don't know how you felt in the Champions League, yeah, but I was yeah. going... They're going to lose. Yeah. They're going to lose. 100%. They're going to lose. Liverpool, Liverpool will win. And then he just kept doing it. And all of a sudden now you sit back and you go, man, you've got to pay these guys some respect. Yeah. They're incredible. 100%. And I think what it means now for Barcelona is that they will have to not have a perfect season domestically to win La Liga again. Yeah. Because it's been a while now since they've won it. But, but pretty, pretty near perfect in the sense that the consistency will have to be there. Xavi will have to get his right team straight away. So we remember... Lewandowski, Kunde, Rafinha, Kessi and Christensen are really the five big signings, well, the, the, the first four, yeah. especially. Um, but how, how do you assess the, the whole sort of negativity from the last few weeks of, can we reg will we be mm. able to register them, all those financial problems, etc.? Do you think that could have an impact on how they've prepared for, for this weekend? I think it must. It's something that I don't think you can measure, but I think it must, must have an impact when you're in dressing room. And if I'm a player and we're in, we're in the dressing room and we're chatting, and we're thinking, oh, you registered, not yet. When's it going to get done? Not sure. So it has yeah, that little yeah, niggling yeah. sort of factor. Have, yeah, yeah right. but you'd, at the same time, the fans from the outside will be full of optimism, I think, mm. seeing Lewandowski come in and the quality of signers that's come in. Defensively, I still think they're a little bit behind Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I think yeah. they need to strengthen. But when you, when you get these players out, and if they're all registered, they're all ready to go, and it might take them a week or two for everyone to be yeah, registered, yeah, even though it's got yeah, to be done, yeah. I know, by this weekend. But I mean, up to speed. You'd like to think Barca are going to be competitive. You should. You, they yeah. should be, I mean, shouldn't they? This is the best squad in the league, right? When yeah. you think about all the options that Xavi has for the front three, for the midfield three, yeah, defensively maybe a little bit different, but it's incredible. So yeah. they, if he gets it right and they 
hit the ground running straight away. Lewandowski scores. Rafinha is good. Kunde is solid and brings solidity to that defense. Yeah, it should be very. It should be a fascinating league, shouldn't it? And then there's Atletico Madrid, which I find fascinating because it's, it's a great squad. They've added Molina from Udinese, who's really good, like right back or right wing back, if you want. They've kept Joao Felix. They've kept a lot of the players who could make them special. Yeah, and yet. We still wonder if he will be a special season. It's a, it's a weird one because when you look at Atletico Madrid, in my opinion, I don't know if you agree, but in the past under Simeone, when they were horrible and they were winning one nil and keeping clean sheets for fun with an amazing back five, you thought that's their style. Yeah, that's that's their DNA. Then all of a sudden they try to change it with like Thomas Lamar and mm. Jao Felix, uh, Griezmann. You think they're easier on the eye? They must be better. Yeah, it went away from actually what they were good at. Yeah. So everyone was sort of fearing uh, Atletico Madrid because they can beat you 1-0 and keep clean sheets for fun. Yeah. Now on paper, you look at them and you think, oh, they're amazing. But they've lost that little bit of nastiness, I think. So somehow I think you've got to find the line and try and bridge that gap between really good going forward yeah. but being defensively really solid. Yes, it's almost a crisis of identity. They're, they're not yeah. really sure exactly where to go. and Things have to, to change because they yeah. couldn't do that forever. Yeah. But it's almost like the change which sounds crazy and sounds like I'm an absolute lunatic where you go, they've brought too much quality in because you can't get them in the same side if you want to be competitive, if you want to keep clean sheets. Yeah, it's a big season for Simeone. Let's let's look a little bit more in detail at that La Liga season uh, and and this battle between Real Madrid and Barcelona, really, which could be a battle as well between the two strikers. Yeah. Benzema and Lewandowski. Where's your money at? (laughs) Benzema. But I mean, I say that with no confidence. The dream. The dream. Dream, The dream. He's formidable. But so is is Lewandowski. But we're talking about a guy in the Bundesliga that was hitting between 40 and 50 a season. Mm. I think we're all assuming that he's going to go into Barcelona and hit the sort of same numbers. And he's brilliant. And he might just get close. But I just look at Real Madrid and I just see a Benzema that's just in his absolute pomp. I think everyone around him is so scared of playing against him because they realise he's the man. He's the king, isn't he? Yeah, and I think he's got that. He's always been confident. You know, this is this, this is not. A, it was never a problem. But I think this is his first season as as the captain, as a, the official club captain, because yeah. he's now the oldest, the most ancient player in the squad. Yeah, love the way you say ancient. I know, ancient. But because because I said if he's the oldest, he's yeah. not the oldest in age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's been there Experience. the longest, so this is how you. And do you think? And do you think he's captain. probably accepted now, Jules? Because it happens to you when you get older. Do you think he's accepted now, Benzema? Where? If they're away from home or they're winning 2-0 at home, he's actually quite happy to come off on the hour mark because he knows other people can get minutes and job's done, rest me for the next game. Whereas when you're younger, you want to play every single minute. Completely. And I think he knows with the World Cup, it's a a hell of a season. And I think he knows since last season, really, being back in the French setup, so travelling every international break, you know, to go home and play those games or travel wherever you play and then come back was before... This was, this was rest time for him. Yeah. And I think he felt it a bit last season of like, okay, he had an amazing season, of course. A bit intense. But yeah, and I think now he probably would welcome, you know what, the last 20 minutes, bring a kid on or play yeah. Hazard as a force nine or whatever Ancelotti would decide to do or Rodrigo in the middle or whatever. Mm. And, then, and then this would be, I think, welcome recuperation for him not to play every minute of, of yeah. every single game through the season. No, I agree. Makes sense. For Lewandowski, you know what I love is that Recently, he's done a lot of interviews in Germany and in Poland, and he said, oh, life in Barcelona is amazing. And the fact that he just wanted something different. He's been in Germany for 12 years, I think, between Dortmund and Bayern. Mm. This, is, this is fine, right? Yeah. Want, even at his age, to want to move to something else. Of course. I mean, it's, it's like Mane at Liverpool. Eight mm. years at Liverpool, and all of a sudden, he just wants to change. It's understandable. Fans you know, sometimes don't see it. 
But for Lewandowski, I can imagine when he puts that Barca kit on and he's in training and he's playing matches, he's thinking, as he said, he went, I'm like a kid in a sweet shop. He went, yeah. I just feel amazing. Yeah, I've got the chance. I've it's got the chance. It's a great line because it's true. You know, pros at the top level want to try and play as many games at the highest level as they can. But sometimes people just think, oh, I need a change. I need to move yeah. on. And he probably and he's achieved every single thing that he could achieve at Bayern. So going into Barca now, you always wanted to play in La Liga. I think all the yeah. top stars do. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's a thing from years ago where you, Real Madrid and Barca come calling. You want to test yourself against the best to massive, massive clubs. For him going in there and Laporte and the, the ownership have probably promised him lots of new signings, which is a, a whole talking point in itself. But you'd like to think he's going to go into La Liga with his quality, with the players who's going to yeah, be playing alongside him completely. up top behind he's going to score a bucket load of goals. So before we go back to Real Madrid and, and the, the formation of the team, let's stay with Barcelona. And what do you think would be the best front three? So Lewandowski, of course, would be the number nine. Yeah. And then who would you play with him wide mm. to get the best out of him, to work well in this team, which is a very particular way of playing for this yeah. team? When you think of Gavi and Pedro in midfield, for example, and Busquets and the role they will have, who would you go with wide between Ansu Fati, Ferran Torres, Rafinha, Dembele, maybe even Depay, maybe even Aubameyang? Yeah, I, th I, I think in my mind's eye, I think Rafinha and I think Dembele. I think the pre-season that Dembele's had and the fact that he's got all the contractual negotiations out of the way and he yeah. can sort of bury all that. He, can, he hasn't got that headache anymore. I think you see a guy in pre-season that's playing with a lot more freedom. Unbelievable player, as we yeah, all know. True. So technically good, can go past players for fun. Left, right, great feet, sees a pass, sees an assist. He'll get more goals if he plays the numbers. And he, I don't think you bring Rafinha in. I mean, the contradiction is they brought Ferran Torres in. So that's the no. contradiction there. But I think if you bring Rafinha in, he offers more, in my opinion, than Depay. Depay's yeah. a very, very good player. If I'm being a tiny bit critical, a little bit one-paced. Yeah, likes the game yeah, played at his yeah, pace. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's plenty of signings that I think if you're Barca, you could probably... Think about moving on. Yeah, I think one it, of Aubameyang and Depay would yeah, go probably. Yeah, and there's always a talking point, obviously mm. a De Jong behind. But I think up top, I think if I'm setting my teammate on match day one, what I think is my best front three, I'd have Rafinha, Lewandowski through the middle, and Dubai, uh, and Dembele on the left, well. on the right hand side. So I mean, play Rafinha on, on the, the left, left. Side when he liked obviously playing yeah. on the right to come inside on his left. I think this is this is pretty special. If if you can include the the individual incredible ability of Dembele and Rafinha yeah. within the collective I mean, unit. if you're a manager, you've got Ansu Fati knocking on the door. I know. Boss, and, come on, play me. Torres, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, again, the depth in that squad is, is crazy because we could have the same debate about the midfield three. Of course. You know, do you play Busquets, De Jong and Pedri? Yeah. Gavi, Pedri and De Jong? Yeah. Is, is there really room for Busquets or is it time for him to move on? Um, it'd be very interesting to see what Xavi does. For Real Madrid, it's a bit more set. Yeah. It just, I guess, don't, depends if you bring in Rudiger in or when do you bring him in and mm. does he replace Militao or Alaba and what do you do with maybe Chouameni considering that you know Modric is 37 yeah. and stuff like that what it's, would you do well with Rudiger I think he's he's buying his time the, the games that he's played Ancelotti's been playing him at right back so he can play there so yeah. that offers a bit more solidity when they are in the toughest of Champions League games and they can say to Valverde or whoever's playing on the right-hand side right go and play with a bit more freedom because yeah, yeah. defensively 1v1 I'll back myself yeah um I think you look at Real Madrid now and I think the young boys like Camavinga and Chiumeni are going to be the stars and Valverde. You can see a picture where four or five years' time, that'll be the midfield three. Yeah. The status thing, and it's always quite funny as, as a player, it's, it's just sort of one of those unwritten rules, Jules. When you look at guys that want to play central midfield, when you're trying to get inside, Steven Gerrard comes to mind. Yeah. Get the Liverpool side, go and play on the right wing. 
once you're good is enough. Is that to get them ready? Is that to get a, them game time? Well, it's a sort, yeah, it's a sort of status thing where if you're Ancelotti, he wants to play him in, in midfield, but he can't because he knows Valver, he knows Tony Kroos and Modric yeah. and, and Casemiro are the, are the midfield three and they're settled and they've been there forever and they know each other's game inside out. There will be a time like Valverde's getting minutes on the right-hand side to get minutes, to get muscle memory, to get his body conditioned yeah. to play 90 minutes. Then there will be a time where he brings him in when it's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, Carrot yeah, done yeah. it at Liverpool. You go and play right-back and you're yeah. a centre-back. Stevie G, right-wing, centre-mid. It's happened like forever. Yeah. So Real Madrid's. I think you look at their strongest side now and it's full of experience. And the young boys have got to wait in the wings. Massive fan of Camavinga. I think he's going to yeah. be a world, world superstar. Um, but they've just got to bide their time and play minutes. But they're... The 11, as I see it now, is the 11, I think, anyone who's a, a football lover could all probably name yeah. Real Madrid's 11. And yeah, it's set I think in stone. so. You know, I would love to see Eden Hazard having a good season. I, I really would, because I think he's been unlucky with injuries, and maybe partly it's his fault. Yes. You know, I'm not sure if he's been really the most professional of the pitch and all that invisible work. I'm, his diet know, doesn't seem him, to be strict. Yeah, knowing him. Yeah. But... But I think he's also been unlucky. Yes. And I think, and it's not even about the money they spent for him or the kind of player he was at Chelsea and all of that. It's just I would like him to enjoy his football. Same. And, you know, when you come and, and actually you feel good to be there, whether you play as a force nine or wide, yeah. and actually enjoy it and can bring something to this team. He said I think that. he can. He's, he, he's 30 years old. He said that, Angelotti, didn't he? got asked about where's Hazard going to play. And he said, I, I see him at times as a number nine. I see him playing through the middle. Well, I think they tried that against Barcelona and it didn't work, yeah, the I think, in the pre-season yeah. game. So it's a totally different skill set playing through the middle. But I'm with you. I think it's a shame when you look at whatever sport you're into and you see guys that are just not quite at it or can't stay fit. Mm. You want them for their own career and for their own peace of mind. And Hazard's definitely in that bracket where you actually want them to do well. You want them to play minutes because it's yeah. just such a shame when they keep breaking down all of the time. Yeah, no, it's true. There's obviously a lot of very talented youngsters in those two teams that we mentioned, Vinicius, Pedri, Gavi. Let's see if they can not just maybe keep the level that they were at last season, which was incredible for all three of them, really. Yeah. Fantastic. But really, if they can probably get even better, which yeah. considering they are 21, 19 and 18, I think. Yeah. If they can even keep improving and, and do better and better and better, it's, more consistent, more... It's a learning process, isn't it? It's a learning process when you get your games and you go, well, that's where I get my experience from. But there's also the side of it, again, which you can't really measure, is every single day on the grass at the training ground. Yeah. What you're yeah. learning if you're playing alongside Casemiro or, or, or Luka Modric, Tony Crows or Busquets, yeah. the, what you're learning is invaluable. And then you take that into a match day and that's when you've then got to produce... So all, all the time spent over the weeks and months throughout the season learning off these main guys must be phenomenal. Amazing. I mean, I can't imagine what Camavinga like, and Chiumani are thinking when they're watching Luka Modric in training. I know. I mean, because he's outside, outside the right, the right foot. foot. <laughs> it's, like he's only got, it's like he's only got one pass outside the right foot, but it's a world. Amazing. It's a Sensational. Run. We said it, we talked about Atleti a, a bit before, Atletico Madrid. This is a big season for Simeone, right? Because not only figuring out what's the best way of making that team play, so go back to old school, super yeah. defensive way, or try to be more expensive, but you can't really do both. both. With, you know, like, so figure, figure that out. And also winning. You know, I yeah. know it was not long then they won La Liga, but Luis Suarez is gone. Yeah. They've got a few new players there and there, but still, the core is still there. But Simeone was, was really questioned last season, mm. maybe more than, than for a long time. Mm. So this is big for him. Huge. And I think, I think why he was questioned, Jules, like you said, it's a contradiction in styles, DNA, where when you watch Atletico Madrid in the past, it was like their back five is sensational. 
They give nothing no. away. Hold a midfield players protect. As soon as you score, they win 1-0. Mm. It was a sort of fact. Mm. And then they try to go a little bit more expansive, as you said, with people like Thomas Lamar and Antoine Griezmann and Jao Felix. And on paper, they look amazing, which they are, because individually, they're brilliant players. But trying to amalgamate the quality and the excitement of these flair players into a team that was quite robust into winning 1-0 doesn't really suit. I watched Jao Felix many a time, Jules. I don't know what you Mm. think on him, but I think he's a world-beater. And I've said this, and I get criticised in the past. If he was playing under someone like Pep, he'd be one of the best players in the world. He'd be, and I might be going over the top, but he could be Neymar standards, in my opinion. The fact that he's asked to play so defensive goes away from actually what he's amazing at. That's the balance that Simeone's got. Completely. I... Morata is back, obviously, from his loan at Juventus. I didn't want to include him in the Lewandowski-Karim battle. Is he just going to be on loan forever? Is that <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he could stay. Yeah. Could, okay, he's not, he's not the most clinical finisher, so he won't get you 25 goals. However, maybe does he change the needle in the way that having Morata can help getting the best out of Griezmann or yeah. the best out of Joe Felix in the sense that Morata is a team player very much. Yeah. And... Maybe that can benefit the others, or the problem I'm too with no, no. Well, I think you're optimistic because we all know there's an unbelievable player in there. Mm. But I think his weakness is is he's not the number nine that's going to carry people around him. And when he was at Juve, I thought he had a brilliant season last season when Vlavic came in. Yeah, and Vlavic was bang. He's the number nine, and Morata then played off him. And I've seen a completely different player. Yeah. I've seen a guy that is willing to work hard because that's naturally what he does anyway, but even harder. He was tracking back and I was watching him and I was thinking like, he is keen because he's got Vlavic as the nine. He'll do all the hard work for him. Mm. I think when you ask Morata to do that, I don't think it comes natural. Yeah, I think no, he looks I around. I think he looks around and he's a little bit of afraid of where centre-halves are in case they're going to go through the back of him. And Vlavic was taking a lot of weight off him. Now he's playing where he can see the goals. That's a lot easier than yeah, being yeah. when you've got to Basically, face that way. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting to see if he's going to be the man that's leading the line or not. Yeah, we'll see. I'm a bit worried for Atletico and I'm a bit worried for Sevilla, really, because they've lost Kunde, they've lost Diego Carlos, who went yeah. to Aston Villa. Defensively, they won't be as solid as they've been for the last three years, for example. And then going forward, we saw last season the lack of creativity, not many goals. I mean, Rafa Mir or mm. Yunusi, players like that are good players. Yeah. But, but to compete with you know, to compete with Atleti or Real Madrid or Barcelona for as long as possible, a bit like they did last season, would be tricky, I think. That's the problem, isn't it? When you when you look at who you're chasing down, Atletico so. Madrid, and then what Real Madrid and Barcelona have done, it's yeah. like they've just gone away from everyone. And I, I wonder if, if Atleti and, and, and Sevilla don't hit the ground running straight away, have maybe have an iffy start of the season, if mm. maybe behind a Villarreal with an Emery and yeah. Danjuma and Pau Torres who they kept... Betis, who had a good season with Pellegrini last season, played yeah. really good football, Nabil Fekir is best. If a team like maybe Real Sociedad, who at times we saw very good, very good. too inconsistent to make it to the top four, but that Athletic Bilbao have Valverde as the new manager, yeah. who I think can really improve them. Do you think there might be a room there for another, another team to break into the top four? In, outside of Sevilla, Atletico Madrid and, and Barca? I and think Villarreal have got the potential. I think they've got the potential in their, in their European run and the squad that when I Emery's got mm. and the players that he's got and are very settled and know the systems. People like Dan Juma when he was at Bournemouth, you, you didn't really yeah. think he was a worldly player. Yeah, yeah. You go in there and you play in a settled system and you give a different position and you get loads of confidence. I think they could do something. It's just when you look at Real Madrid and Barca, the, 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 the main two, they are so far clear in the signings. Yeah. The they would be top two for sure. It's, lightning it's, it's lightning it's years it's away. Below. But you'd like to think teams below certainly can be optimistic that they can get the Champions League spots. 
Right, enough Aliga done. Let's move to Serie A now because of all the big five leagues, this is this is the oh, most exciting one. Because it, you know, it? in France it should be PSG, in Germany it should be Bayern Munich, in yeah. England it's either Liverpool or City, even if Spurs maybe. In Spain we've just done Real Madrid, Barca, blah, blah. Here, my man, yeah, between Milan, yeah. the, the current champions, the yeah. reigning champions, Inter who are pushing behind, Juventus who at some point. With fancy going make back into brilliant signings and make signings, Roma and and Jose what Mourinho. What a story! Let's not forget teams like Napoli. Napoli. This is for you the most open. Title, I think so. Title race already. I think so. I I, I love Serie A. Um, been commentating on it for for quite a number of years, and I think this season with the signings as we said about mm. Roma and what Jose's doing in his second year there, Dybala's an amazing signing. Tammy yeah. and he's. Sp- 20 goals a season. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, Van Alden's a clever signing. Mm. Juve are going to be really strong. Di Maria going in, obviously, with Vlavic and uh, Lukaku back at Inter is a massive story. Yeah, Milan yeah. have probably been a little bit quiet. Bought one or two yeah, players less money, in. I think, to spend. You yeah. Know, with the quiet for, for, for a team that's champions and going to try and hold on to the Scudetto. So they've been a little bit quiet. But in terms of the race, I mean, put Napoli in there with Victor yeah. Osimhen, one of my favourite centre-forwards yeah, yeah. out there in world football. Yeah. It's exciting, Jules. I think it's really exciting. I mean, Sarri and Lazio might be a troublemaker. I don't think they can they can win the, t- the title, but I think yeah. they can trouble teams and you might lose, lose point when you when you face them. Um, I think it's great. I, I, I like what Milan have done in the sense that they wanted the Ketelaire to have this kind of profile up front with Ibra whenever yeah. he comes back and Giroud. Sure, yeah. And I think he can, he can help and bring something there. If Rafael Leao continues his progress, and Diaz, and Diaz, one. Yeah, yeah. It, could be, it could be really good. I think Inter right now, I put them slightly favourite yes. because it's the return of the Lukaku-Lautaro partnership. Yeah. I think Inzaghi got them playing really well last season with Oza against Liverpool in the Champions League. And I think there's something there that they can really be too strong for a lot of teams. Juve, I'm not sure about Allegri. Where do you stand on Allegri? I think he came back because he, he, he was the, um, the, the, the winning poster boy, if you want. And they said, OK, Max is going to win again for us. Yeah. But I've been disappointed in pre-season. I was very disappointed last season. Yeah. It's a hard one because I'm a Max Allegri fan and I think everyone is out there in world football because he is a brilliant coach. But he does things, in my humble opinion, when I've commentated on on Juve games and I see him playing a rigid 4-4-2. Yeah. And he plays Adrian Rabio left wing. Yeah. And I'm like, you cannot play him left wing. He's a, he's a midfield player, yeah, either yeah. in a two or yeah, a three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left side, he plays him. He's quite stubborn. And Paul Pogba's back. Yeah! Hey, but, back, but not really back. <laughs> Injured, meniscus it. problems, poor love Pogba. It. And you know why he was so happy and so excited and the first training sessions were good. Yeah. On tour and everything. There was even that, that video on social media with that flip-flop that, that yeah. looked amazing. And then... I find the decision, I mean, without going too deep into it, Jules, that he's going to try and do the five-week rehab yeah. on a meniscus yeah, problem a that you cool. can't rehab to try and get fit. And if it doesn't work after five weeks, he's then got to go all the way back to square one and have the operation. I know. I understand the, the decision because of the World Cup. I think if there's no World Cup, it's a no-brainer. Yes, gets the up. I don't know. We see, you know the problem I've got with Allegri? I've got nothing against defensive manager or defensive-minded manager in a way. Yeah. As long as you've got a structure with the ball when yeah. you get the ball back. And I don't see anything from them. If I'm Vlaovic, I'm livid. Because mm. last season, I got crumbs. Yes. Literally crumbs. Yeah. To score against Villarreal, I pretty yeah. had to do it my own, on my own. Yeah. The rest, there was nothing. Yeah. And I really hope that Allegri, although I haven't seen it in the 4-0 defeat against Atletico Madrid a few days ago, for mm. where they were atrocious, yeah. 
I don't see anything with the ball that can make me think, okay, yeah, they can no, compete. He's quite stubborn in, in his approach, isn't he? I mean, he's probably Completely. he's probably thinking and trying to get a position for Di Maria off, probably off the right-hand side where he can cut in. Quadrado's an interesting one. I think he's an amazing player, has been yeah. for probably 10 years. A guy that can play as a wing-back, right wing. Now he's sort of got him as a right orthodox right-back, yeah, which yeah. he can do because his quality is different class. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I think when you look what they've got and the makeup of their team, you think they're going to be competitive, but it's an awful lot of work for Vlavic to try and get through to try and either create something for himself, yeah, get yeah. on the ends of crosses, try and take players on physically, and he can do it because he's amazing. But with a Vlavic injury or a little bit of loss of form, you wonder if points might be dropped. Yeah, you're right. And then there's Roma, as we mentioned, and Mourinho, the Mourinho revolution. It's good Ibala, though, isn't it? It's exciting Gini. though, isn't it? I don't think there's been as excited in Rome. I mean, certainly the Roma fans, yeah. the, that side of the city, for a very, very long time, maybe since the beginning of the 2000s. I think what captured my imagination was the unveiling of Dybala oh, when wow. he was in the capital. I Goosebumps, mean, you have. Oh, incredible. You know, the anthem, the Roma anthem is one of them when you're commentating on it and you're just about to lead into a game, you literally just get your mic and you literally just go like that and say yeah. nothing because it's like yeah, you'll never exactly. walk alone at Liverpool. Yeah, it's yeah, iconic yeah, it's and it's crazy. one of them where it is. It's goosebumps and he was, he was sat there uh, as I said, in the capital, just taking it all in, sucking it all in and yeah. breathing it all in. So the signing of Dybala, Tammy and his goals, yeah. you know, Pellegrini, I'm not sure as it stands at this point if he signed a new contract or not, mm. but still got brilliant players. Yeah, Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum. If you can get the Wijnaldum back yeah, from I Liverpool. Mean, I, I don't think that would, should be a hard job. No, no, no. I just no, think no. at PSG, they signed him because he was a brilliant player. Massive loss for Liverpool, but they never yeah. really used him in his best position or given him enough time. That's true. I think That's Jose true. will. Yeah. I think Jose will say, go, go and play as the eight, score his goals. Mm. So I think. From, from a team that's probably looking from sixth or seventh or eighth, I think there's, a, there's, there's an optimism now where I think they can compete. I'm not sure if they'll get over the line, yeah, yeah, you're right, but certainly yeah. top four yeah, top cup four. runs and being competitive in Serie A this season, I think could be a possibility for Roma. There's another race in Serie A this season is for the, the, the top scorer, top goal scorer, because I think, I mean, it's always exciting in any league to see who finishes top scorer, who scores the most, etc. But yeah. this season... Hear me out. Romelu Lukaku is obviously back. Yes. The last time he was there, he was amazing. Ridiculous. But we can't really say, you know, zero goals last season, let's put it that way. Yeah. Vlaovic, 24 goals last season with Juventus yeah. and Fiorentina. Tammy, 17. I'm talking just in Serie A. Yeah. Men, 14. Loads of injuries and etc. And Chiro Immobile and Lazio was the capocannoniere with 27 goals. Like he's been doing, to be fair, yeah. many seasons in, in the past years. Where do you think we, who do you think amongst them will win it this year? I think it's going to be extremely tight. Do I do, oh. I do, I do, because it's I'm I, so excited. I know, because I think, I think with Milan, I, I think with what they've got at the top end of the pitch, I think it's a case of there'll be a lot of goals scored, but shared, shared out. Yeah. I think you could I'm easily you. see four or five players on about yeah. sort of nine, 10, 11, yeah, 12 yeah. goals. Awesome men, as I said, is one of my favourite yeah, strikers like out him. there. I love him. If, you know, I, I was a Tino Aspria fan when he was at Newcastle yeah. and he reminds me of him. Same sort of running gait, brave as a lion. You're right about his injuries when he fractured a cheekbone, was yes. out for about two or three months, but came back. Can he stay fit though? Gone. That's the thing. If he's, can he stay fit, do you think? Because yeah, the two because seasons he's, now has been... Yeah, but I think the, the, the facial injury that he got is not like a muscular problem yeah, where you go, oh, he's got a bad ankle, he's got a hamstring problem, he's got a, he's got a history. It was a case of him putting his face in, getting volleyed in the face or, yeah, a, or yeah. an elbow and this, that and the other. And he, he'll come back from that. Tammy is interesting. Yeah. Immobile. And I think Lukaku. I think it'll be one of those three. I think Lukaku guarantees goals. Mm. I think he'll play with Lautaro, maybe Dzeko. Yeah, they know each other so well. Exactly. Mm. Um, and, and I see the way Vlavic plays. 
isolated, so maybe his yeah. numbers are not going to be amazing. He was the man at Fiorentina. Everything went through him. Mm. Loads of chances built, and he scored a lot of them. So can he do it on his own if there's no service? So I think you're probably looking at two. I think you're looking at Tammy Abraham, and I think Immobile, who's been there like forever, yeah. just scoring goals consistently. Yeah, you're But right. I think it's going to be extremely tight, Jules. I think it'd be good. For, for Tammy, this is the second season syndrome where you have to confirm how good you were in that first season, which would maybe took all of us by surprise, certainly to, to a certain extent. Yeah. Numbers. No, in yeah, terms yeah. of numbers and consistency, I guess. Yeah. Have you seen play? Have you played with players at times who had one amazing season and then the second season, the one for the confirmation, was not really to the same level? And do you think Tammy, do you think there's more pressure on Tammy now than there was a year ago when he just joined? I think it depends on how you see it, Jules. I think if you're Tammy, my, my mindset if I was Tammy would be I got my numbers last season, I can get more. And he yeah. certainly got a lot in all competitions. But now that Pellegrini's there, now that Dybala's there, yeah. now that Gina Van Aldum's there. Zaniolo you know, is He's got lots of ammunition behind him. So I would be in the mindset of, I can score more goals. I would never, ever, and I don't think professionals, ex or, or current, would ever think, oh, it's a second season. I'm not going to be as good. I think players always back themselves yeah. to score more goals. Strikers especially, Just, I guess. Absolutely. And you look at the ammunition that you've got behind you, and there's certainly some clubs in Serie A where you think there's going to be a lot of chances created for their strikers. Yeah, I agree. And, Again, we say it often, but let's forget about the cliche that Serie A is a very defensive league because it isn't. No. And he's going to be attacking again and we're going to see a lot of those guys scoring a lot of goals. Are we going to see Charles de Ketelet scoring a lot of goals at I Milan? Think so. He's the, obviously they're the reigning champions. We said yeah. he's the, the main signing. They didn't have much money, the, not the budget that others have. Yeah. They went and spent the 35 million euros on, on him. Young Belgian international, super elegant, super like... Force nine or number nine, you know, he's mm. got that incredible Divock left Origi, don't forget. Yeah, and Divock Origi, I guess, yeah. too. Um, De Ketelaer, 14 goals, nine assists in, Belgian, in the yeah. Belgian League, in the Pro League last season. It's a big job for him, yeah. coming to Milan, a Milan team like this. Being the man yeah. at a young age. Yeah. I think if you, if you offered him 14, 15 goals now before a ball's kicked, he takes it all day long because we're not sure how many games he's going to actually start in yeah. or the amount of minutes that he's going to get. And we mentioned Origi, Zlatan. Giroud, there's a lot of competition. Mm. Rafa Leao, Diaz, yeah. there's lots of, lots of potential goal scorers. But I just don't think there'll be many that'll get over 15, if any. Yeah. I think we're looking at a group of guys that'll all hit in and around double figures. So that could be interesting how the dynamics work. Do you want a front man that's going to guarantee you 25 goals? Yeah. Or do you want four or five players that's going to get you in and around 10, 15? Interesting to see how that plays out at Milan. Man, I think the way purely plays... I wouldn't be surprised if he was happy with that. Then yeah. instead of going to get Lukaku, for example, where everything has to go through yeah. him, of Vlaovic. And it's always a jump, Jules. The Ketela is a very yeah. fluid, it would be a fluid front line, whoever yeah. plays. And it's always a jump. I mean, people underestimate what it's like when you go f from your, your, your current club. Then all of a sudden you join a Liverpool or yeah. a Man United or a Juve it's or a Barcelona or Real yeah. Madrid. It's a huge job or a Milan, Inter. You know, that's, that's a lot of pressure on your shoulders that you've got to yeah. deal with. Players... When they put the kit on and they walk out to a pitch, you back yourself. It's all the things away from that. If you haven't scored in two or three games and the press are having a little dig, yeah. how do you then respond? When you're young, it's difficult. So that's the side of it that you probably have to get used to more than anything. No, you're right. I mean, I'm excited to see the Ketelet. I want to see how well he does yeah. because I like the signing. I, I like that they thought outside of the box a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they take a bit of a risk because let's be honest, you know, it's a risk. Uh, and and I, I really hope he can step up because I think he's a very, very good be Oh, it's going to be good, man. Right, enough. 
Serie A. What about some quickies? Let's do it. Yes, Real Madrid won their first European trophy of the season, as we mentioned earlier, on Wednesday after beating Frankfurt in the Super Cup. They now have won 17 of their last 19 finals. Don, this is pretty impressive. It's unbelievable. I think from where Real Madrid have come from four, five, six years ago, where, yes, they were still winning European Cups and still winning titles, I think now they're even more scarier. Yeah. I think because everyone's afraid of them because of what they've done in the Champions League and their run where, I mean, every single team that faced them, you thought they were going to beat them at one point <laughs> and all of a sudden Real Madrid and Courtois and Benzema up front were just electric and just got past everyone. Then the Super Cup win, even then when Frankfurt had one or two chances and yeah, Courtois and pulled up one or two yeah. saves, yeah. then they yeah. still win. So they've just got this fear factor. They're Crazy. incredible. They're so much in control. They are, aren't they? But that's the thing. They're not in control. But they win. Yeah, yeah exactly. Isn't it? It's weird. Yeah, yeah. Everyone fears them. I know. And talk me through Kareem the Dream. Oh, Still doing it. God, man. Kareem the Dream. Still first, doing it. First one of the season. Uh, and, and I mean, this was important because he was wearing the armband for the first time, as we mentioned earlier, as the club captain. Uh, that was his 324th goal yeah. for Real Madrid, yeah. which took him just above Raul. In just over 600 three, games. Two, three. In 610, I think, ah, something yeah. crazy like that. Now there's only Cristiano ahead wow. with 450, so he's 126 behind. I don't think he will be able to catch Cristiano, although he, he needs a few yeah. more seasons. Yeah. Um, but at 34, to see him writing even more history uh, within the club, you know, being even more part of the history of the club, I think yeah. is amazing. I so. Do. Well done to him yeah. again. On Monday, it looked like Don Damasche United were on their way to signing Marco Arnautovic. On Thursday, the move is dead. <laughs> what happened? I think Man United are just like this at the minute. They're chucking darts every single way. And one landed on Bologna's Arnautovic. Who, to be fair, Jules had a good season last yeah, season. He, did. he had a good season. But I think maybe the fan reaction in the mm. newspapers, the reaction of probably ex-professionals or pundits has put Man United off because if they ever think about losing or selling Ronaldo on yeah. to then bring an Artovic in, it's just a PR disaster, yeah. isn't it? I feel yeah. sorry for him because he's getting hammered everywhere yeah, and yeah. he's a really good player. And as I said, yeah, good yeah. for Bologna last season. But at his age, if you want to press from the front, from the Ten Hag way he wants to play, it sort of smacks against exactly what his philosophy wants to be. Yeah, Hard yeah. work in youth, pressing from the front, closing down. That's not an Artovic's game. I don't think so either. It's a sad one. It was a strange one. Anyway, so on the other hand, Adrian Rabio linked as well. Yeah. What's the story there? And this one is looking good. So I understand the frustration, let's put it that way, or the not-so-sure uncertainty of United fan on Rabio. I get that. But he's 27. He's left-footed. Ten Hag wants a left-footed midfielder. He's better than McTominay and Fred for me. Yep. And... Okay, the time at Juve was difficult at times, but he had three different managers in three seasons. Yeah. Three completely different style, if we can call it that way, because yeah. there was not much talent there, Allegri or Pirlo. So there's reasons why he hasn't been amazing in the last three seasons, but I think there's a player in there. Definitely. And obviously he's Paris born and bred, so I will always defend him, yeah. you know me. No, but even when I commentated him last season in games, Max Allegri played him on the left wing in a 4-4-2, yeah. and you're like, that's not his position. Exactly. It was unfair on him. Exactly. But the talks are continuing. I think there's a lot of optimism that this one will happen. He wants to go to United. Ten Hag called him on Monday or Tuesday. He really wants him there. So I think this one... Character-wise, would he work there? Would he? Is he... That's the question. Team player, can yeah, he not go? I think he... he can work. I think he's more mature than he's been before. And I think he can work. But yeah, I can understand the question marks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Fans are not happy at United, it's pretty clear, Don. And some of them certainly are calling to boycott the Liverpool game in 10 days' time. Old Trafford, 
What do you make of it? I personally don't think it's a good No, um, I'm torn because Man United fans, I think, want to make a statement and I understand yeah, their yeah. frustration. But I think boycotting a game against Liverpool doesn't seem the right idea to me. It doesn't mm. seem the sort of logical fit. Yeah. I, I, again, I get their frustration. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I just, I just, I'm not sure what it's going to achieve. Yeah. And especially in it, I mean, probably the reason why is because it's an iconic fixture. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. one of the biggest fixtures in the Premier League and mm. in, in, in history and forevermore going forward. So I understand what they're trying to do. I just don't know how the message will be received. Yeah, at the hierarchy nah, of the football I'm club, it's you. a real strange one. Mm. So Alexis Sanchez is on the move to Marseille. Yeah, which is both exciting and unexpected in the sense that he was still in the contract with Inter. Yeah, that was that got rescinded. And then, and then I think he wanted to play Champions League football. So Marseille offered him that two season. He still looks fit. I don't know. He's short of game time, certainly. But I think it's exciting to have yeah. him in Ligue 1. We've had Lacazette going back. We've got Alexis Sanchez going there. I think I think it's it's, it's looking good for Ligue 1 if he can be the Alexis yeah. at a good level. You know, yeah. I'm not talking ones that. We saw a United fight yes. so yeah. that wouldn't be good. Well done to Rangers, who completely turned around the Champions League qualifier. Second leg against Union Saint-Gilles by winning 3-0 that second leg, going through 3-2 on aggregate, which was not a given. Let's no. be honest here, at the start of that second leg, they will face PSV Eindhoven uh, next for a place in the group stages. Do you fancy them? Oh, I think this is a proper 50-50. It's Ibrox first, yeah. I believe, the first leg. So mm-hmm. they've got to make sure, I think, they take... Something to PSV. You wouldn't want to go there with a nil-nil draw. I'd be no, behind yeah, for sure. Because that's a, a hell hard... Atmosphere. Yeah, that's a hell of an atmosphere. A hard place to go. But there's just something about Rangers these days in the last two or three years. Steven Gerrard built it. Mm. Van Bronckhorst has took it on. The cup run they had last season was incredible. Some iconic games. And I think teams going to Ibrox know they're going into a, a really yeah, hostile atmosphere. Definitely. You saw the, the players from, you know, oh, the they were like, yeah, where, what, what where are we? Yeah, this yeah. is like proper throwback. Yeah, yeah. So to be honest, when they give themselves a 2-0 deficit to come back from, I thought that's going to be tight. Yeah. But to win it 3-0, that's going to give them lots of confidence. Terrific yeah, result. I agree. Great result. Right. Another week, another day, Frankie Dijon. <laughs> what's happening? Got abused by the fans. Yeah. Wanting to take a pay cut. Is he going to be on the move? Is it United? Is it Chelsea? Is he staying on? I know. I know. I think it's, um, uh, it was sad, really, to see him arriving with his car and the fans shouting at him and insulting him. He doesn't yeah. deserve that. No. I mean, there's the situation that we know the club owe him a lot of money, you yeah. know, 15, 17 million pounds. It's a lot of money, man. Yeah. I can see why he would not want to leave a club like Barcelona, especially with the arrival of all those players, because potentially this could be a really good season there. I can see why Barca, who need the money, are trying to offer him... Doesn't feel right, there, though, does it? There. I mean, they're talking about... Exactly. If he doesn't want to leave, he doesn't but, want to leave. But Laporte's talking about criminal proceedings against his, his former agent, or yeah, the, contract the contract that he that signed. For Messi. It's crazy. It's yeah, Messi. and I don't, know where, I don't know where that will end. It might, it might go to Stamford Bridge and Chelsea. I don't think United now is an option so much anymore. He might stay. There's a hell of a player there. Yeah. Really, that doesn't deserve a summer like this no. one. That's all. No. And, you know, I don't wish that on anyone. And if De Jong joins Chelsea, which we say is a possibility, he won't be playing with Timo Werner, Don, because Timo has left. He's gone back to RB Leipzig. Did, were you sad to see him go? I was, you know, because the interviews that he made, I think he comes across as really likeable. He took the mickey out of himself when he was missing chances. He was I very, love him. He, but he was very, he was very sort of comfortable with it. He wasn't, he wasn't bitter. And he wasn't arrogant, and he wasn't snappy. He said, "I need I to work hard." Didn't get the, probably enough minutes through the middle where he wanted to play, but his assist column wasn't too bad. Didn't play loads, didn't score loads, but you knew there was a good player in there, yeah, especially when you, you know, you. in his Leipzig days, 
to then go to Chelsea was under pressure and he yeah. just couldn't do it. And I and to be honest, Jules, I think a couple of months in, I thought the writing was sort of on the wall. Mm. I thought it's just not going to happen for him. Yeah. And he's going to go back to the Bundesliga, goes back to his former club. Yeah. He'll score goals. For sure, man. Guaranteed yeah. he goes back there I'm and Chelsea you. fans will be, how can we not get the best out of him? Yeah. No, Lukaku gone back I'm with you, to Inter. Him going back, yeah. they're going to lose a lot of potential goals and assists, yeah. no, no, for which sure. is a shame. For sure. Right, so with Barcelona's struggles in Spain, Moises Lorenz and Sam Marsden are reporting that Frank Kessie and Andres Christensen might be in a free on a free if their contracts are not sorted and signed. Yeah, that's right. If they're not registered on time, uh, which is a crazy situation when you think we go, we'll explain it again. But right now, Barcelona are not allowed by La Liga to register the new signings. And, by the way, the one who extended their contract, Sergio yeah. Roberto and Dembele. So Lewandowski cannot play. Kessie, Christensen can't play. Rafinha cannot play. Kunde cannot play either. Uh, and there's a clause, apparently, in the contract that said that if they're not registered on time, yeah. then they become free agent again, considering they arrive as free agents wow. at Barcelona, which would be crazy because if you're a club like PSG who wanted to sign Kessie, yeah. uh, and, for example, now they've signed on the midfield, but let's say, for an example... And you missed out on Casey for Barcelona. Yeah. Now you say, hang on, we're still here. Yeah. If you want to come, here and, you come. And Marcus Alonso is like, hello, yeah. what, what's what happening about me? me? <laughs> yeah, what about me? Am I coming? Am I on the plane? Exactly. Do I stay? But when you think, this is such a big club. This is, we're not talking about like a you know, rubbish club no. somewhere in the lower leagues. It's amateur. It's, it was, it's I find so that amateur. The league starts on Friday. They, they must be thinking, or they must be panicking Barcelona and think, we've got to sell yeah. one. There, get something one has gone, to happen. Get now. one gone this week. Something has to happen because you would not be in a situation where Chris Casey and Christensen, two of your signing, two of the players that you've been chasing, yeah. say like, oh, hey, yeah. adios, we're going because, wow. because of the situation. So this is the situation that Barcelona are in right now. It's not great. It's not good. Let's hope that they get it all sorted, but we don't show. No. Bernardo Silva gave an interview to our own Rob Dawson this week where he talks about his future. And he said, I've been open to City. They know what I want. If I stay, I'm very happy uh, and will give my best. If not, it's football and we will see what happens. What do yeah. you think he wants? Then? I'll tell you what's happening there. <laughs> He's saying to one or two clubs like Barcelona, yeah. I'll come, but I'm happy to stay with Pep. Yeah. So cards are completely open. <laughs> yeah. And he's saying to everyone, and he's not, he's not antagonizing anyone. He's saying to his current manager, Pep, and he's probably had the 1v1 conversation. If the move can be made, I'd like to go. I'd like to try something different, mm -hmm. as we talked about before. Um, but still, he's a valuable player for Man City and Pep. I and think he will be crazy to let him go. Yeah, but it's, it's well, Mane, Liverpool, crazy to yeah. let him go. But some, sometimes players knock on a manager's door yeah, and go, yeah, true, I've true, been here true. for quite a while. I want yeah, to try yeah, something yeah, different. Right. If it's Barcelona, Real Madrid, or wherever he fancies going, it's something that the manager, and I think Pep's open as well. I think Pep always seems to me like the type of manager, if it's Raheem Sterling, yeah. um, if he wants to move on to Chelsea, you can let him go. If it's Leroy Sane, you can go to Bayern, we'll let him yeah, go, yeah, we'll yeah. find another player. Yeah, so I, I think for City, you want to keep hold of him for sure. Yeah. But it's sort of, the player's got all the power, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, so no, it's, no, a, it's yeah, a big call. Yeah, uh, big money signing for my former club, Everton. Amadou Anana, what can you tell me about him? 40 million euros, Jules. I think he's an amazing talent, really. But he's young, he's only... I think he turns 21 next week. Yeah. Uh, and proven in the sense that he's had one season in Ligue 1, one season with Lille, where he tasted a bit of a, you know, Champions And you've seen all of his games? Most of them. He started only 11 in the league, for example. Yeah. And for him to make the step up, to make the jump from there to Everton, to the Premier League, with a big price tag, yeah. I think with a lot of expectations, and rightly from the fans, because... Yeah. 
it might be a difficult season and they need they need talent and they need reinforcement. Will he, will he make mistakes? Is he is he a ball player? Yeah, is he... he's a ball player. He's a Chouameni Pogba type. Wow. He can do everything. He can defend and you can play him. You can sit him. Yeah. But I think you lose the, the, the power and the ability that he has to drive the ball forwards. Yeah. Um, so for me, box to box, number eight is his best position. But yeah, the decision making at times is so that'll be on Frank to coach yeah, him and Paul definitely. Clement to make him better and the awareness tactically is, there's yeah. a lot but there's the room for improvement is massive because he's very very talented good. he's a super talented good. kid and he's a really good kid just Everton fans and be patient yeah don't expect too much too early because he might need a bit of time yeah Benjamin Sesko is a player that you like a lot yes. I know he's another player who won't play for Manchester United anytime soon no <laughs> Don because he decided to go to RB Leipzig well to choose RB Leipzig for the following and season. to be honest for him because he's very raw um, it makes sense because if he goes in at Man United and he's rapid by the way people tell me he's yeah. faster than Kylian Mbappe which is some statement and the games that I commentated on he is incredibly great. quick yeah, I mean he burns yeah. people for fun but he's very raw hold up play he'll give the ball away the tandem of his runs he'll run offside he'll make mistakes so I've, I think for Sesco to come into Man United the Man United fans think we've got a number nine that's going to be prolific and you know, be a Van Persie and, and, and be the Mark Hughes and the Cantonars and be amazing at what he does I don't think it would have worked because mm. he would have made a lot of mistakes yeah, in a fast, yeah. fast league where the pressure's going pressure to be on been, yeah. it makes absolutely sense going to RB Leipzig he can hone his skills he can be a little bit more comfortable in what he does. Yeah. He can score lots of goals. He can make mistakes. He can improve. And then maybe he's a sign in that I think the big, big boys yeah, will probably want to make... Yeah, it'll it's cost a lot more money, for example. Yeah, so unless you, like unless you, you yeah. go first to the Bundesliga and then to come to England. Plot, plot your steps. Yeah. I think it's a very, very sensible move. No, I agree. Uh, another transfer uh, that happened this week. It's a Diop left West Ham. Good move for all parties. Probably going to Fulham. Yeah, I think, I mean, he's one of my guys. So I've, I've you know, I'm... I'm not too objective. I think there's a really good centre-back in there. Yeah. I know he was in and out at West Ham, but I think, remember that time Mourinho was like saying what an amazing signing he was back back in the day. Um, I think he's great for Fulham. He would definitely improve their defence. I think it's a good move for him because he wanted to stay in London and will play a lot. He's very, very calm, isn't he? Yeah. No frills, not a lot no. of mistakes. Yeah, and I, and I understand that some people don't like that for centre-back. I like it. I get it. For West Ham, it's twenty million pounds, which I think is is a really good amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you've got Aguerd, you've got Ogbonna who's going to come back, you've got Dawson. So we saw uh, Johnson, Ben Johnson, playing a centre back. Not yeah. that he played well against Short and Bonnie. Yeah, yeah, but so we see. But yeah, I'm glad he got a move where he's going to play. Good. Let's put it that way. Another very good signing made by Tottenham this week, Don, and again a player that you know they've recruited Destiny Udogi from Udinese, who's yeah. going to go back to Serie A to Udinese on loan. But apart from his amazing name, <laughs> first name, certainly, what else can you tell us about him? He's an exciting young player, um, and I think they're going to probably send him back to Udinese once yeah, they sign yeah, that's, him. So that's it, sorted, yeah. it absolutely makes sense. 19, uh, very quick, he can handle the ball, but. Again, when you're that age trying to go into Tottenham, he's not going to be in their starting eleven. Yeah. He's got too much competition for places. He's got a million, a million left wing backs as well. But I think it's one of them. I think from the sporting director uh, to the manager, Antonio Conte, they recognise that there's a player there. Mm. So instead of waiting until he develops and is probably worth, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 million pounds in three or four years' time, sign him now, loan him back to Udinese, yeah, yeah, it makes let sense. him develop it. Absolutely makes sense. I think yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very shrewd signing yeah, and, a, and a player that I think is going to improve a lot. Very clever. Very um, great news, Jules. Mario Zagallo has been discharged from hospital. I love him. Yeah. yeah. He's 90. He spent 12 days there for wow. respiratory infection. It, I have to say, it didn't look great when he went in. I think a lot of people in Brazil were, were really worried. Obviously, 
you know, big figure in Brazilian football from when he was a player, of course, and then the manager winning the World Cup, both as a player and as a manager, as a head coach. Uh, great, great guy for if you've met him. Lovely, lovely person. So we wish him all the best and we hope the recovery yes. goes well now that he was allowed to, to go home. More centre-backs moving. Connor Cody moved from Wolves to Everton, your former club. Yeah. We know he was a Liverpool fan, but do you think Everton fans... Yes. No. They will welcome no, they him. Love they him. Need him. They love him. I've seen a brilliant. I've seen a brilliant piece. I think that he said. I think on Instagram or social media this week, where his young boy, who's about five or six, actually trains with Everton oh, yeah. at Finch Farm. Um, so he's obviously buzzing. And he said he came in and got the news that he was going to sign. He told his his lad in the Everton kit, and he's Everton. He said his lad was running around the oh, house screaming amazing. the house down. So I think he lives sort of quite close to Finch yeah. Farm. Um, I find it a bizarre sign, and uh, a bizarre exit from Wolves' point of Me view. Me too. I Definitely. find it really strange because I know they've got Max Kilman, I know they've got Nathan Collins, who's signed from Burnley. Good players, but they're not in. They're not in Cody's quality, in my no, opinion. I don't think so. And I think Everton are getting a guy that can literally, and you don't get them very, very readily, or, or, or you don't get them too often, where they can walk in, they can put the kit on, dependable. Yeah. No frills. He's going to be an Reliable. eight out of ten. Yeah. He's a great yeah. leader. Yeah. Obviously played in the Premier League and played in English football for a million years. So he knows his way through the leagues. He knows his way through professional football. He said he was bowled over by the conversation with Frank Lampard. Yeah. So again, I think you, you, you literally say to him, there you go. And you know exactly what you're going to get because he's a wonderful player. Yeah, great and they've lost Godfrey as well through that really nasty injury. Yeah. So, so him and Tarkovsky sense. could be a good partnership. Yeah, completely. I agree with you. Yeah, so Philip Lambs had a strong stance this week yeah. saying he's not going to go to the Qatar for the World Cup as the president of 2026 organisation committee. Um, he's decided not to go. Does he deserve any credit? I think so. Good for him. He doesn't, he does, he doesn't feel like comfortable going there for all the human rights issues that they have. Yeah. Uh, despite what they're saying, he, he said, like, this is not my place. I don't want to go there. He should really, because obviously he's, he's the president of the committee of the next big tournament, which will be the Euros in, in Germany in 2026, as you said in your question. But he said, like, no, others can go. I'll, I'll watch it from, from, yeah. from Germany, from my house. And I respect that. And I respect that. We've seen uh, some countries threatening to boycott it as well. I don't think they will go all the way. But for big names like him, big, big former players or yeah. big, big personalities. Statement. A statement. And I think other might follow. And good for them again. Former Arsenal and England centre-back Tony Adams has been announced as part of the next Strictly Come Dancing cast. Strictly Come Dancing is this uh, dance with the stars or whatever it's called in other countries, you know, where famous people go and do this dancing competition. Tony Adams will be there. Ballroom dancing. <laughs> it's ballroom dancing. Ballroom dancing. Yeah. Have, first, have you ever been asked to do something like that? And secondly, can he win? Uh, can he win? <laughs> Tony Adams can't win. That is a guarantee he can't win. Um, what's the fee? What, what, what are you offering me? 50 grand? No. 100? You've got me interested, right? There's always a number, Jules. There's always I a number. I can't wait to see you dancing. Uh, I'll be better than Tony Adams, let me tell you. He's brave. Is that up your street? That's really would, would you do no it? Chance. No chance. Grand? No chance. 200 grand? No chance. 200 grand? Okay, okay. I... <laughs> There's always a number. There's always a number, oh. Jules. There's always a number. Uh, finally, on Wednesday, some sad news. Portuguese football. Yeah, Fernando Chalana passed away, one of the, the greatest ever players. Certainly one of the greatest at Benfica after Eusebio, probably. Lovely, elegant playmaker, if you want, in the 80s. Uh, won loads of trophies for them. Took the Portuguese team to the semi-final of the Euro 1984. Great player, left-footed, so much talent and, and one of the sweetest guys as well. So really sad day for Portuguese football. And, and just let's hope that his legacy and his, his memory stays with them forever. That's, that's all we have. 
time for ah, today. That, that was really enjoyable. Loved it. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, we'll be back, of course, on Monday with a new Gavin Jewel show. Make sure you join us and enjoy your weekend as well and all the football and all the new league starting. <laughs>